Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot by with Huddy Withrow underway as we wrap up our coverage of Super Bowl Radio Row. Super Bowl 58 kicking off on Sunday. A loaded guest list from Radio Row here in Las Vegas as we begin the Friday edition. We have made it to the weekend, Jack. The finish line is right out in front of us. Been a lot of talk about the, uh, the Las Vegas F1 race here, so I'm thinking about racing yep. right now. We have raced through this week, starting in Nashville, leading over to Vegas the last two days, and now day three from Vegas on Radio Row yep. Hutton. We are sprinting. We are flooring it. <laughs> Pedal to the metal right through the end of the show today. Adoree Jackson joins us in 15 minutes, plus Donovan McNabb coming up this hour, uh, as well as Greg Olson, who is crushing it as a uh, football analyst, uh, the top broadcast crew for Fox. Well, next year, next season, will be Tom Brady taking his spot. We'll ask Greg Olson about that coming up later this hour as well. Rob Riggle on the show, plus Brian Baumgartner. Kevin from the office uh, in the show today. Chad, it's loaded and for good reason. We're here. You know, it's a chance for us to really show off our versatility today, right? I mean, that's what that's what it's all about. Later, Chad will dance on this table. Yeah, I, yeah look, uh, Hutton sometimes just comes in and says, entertain me, clown. In any way, we've got some great entertainers here with Kevin from the office, uh, Brian Baumgartner and Rob Riggle today. So can't wait for those interviews. I love pop culture. I love TV, love movies. So having a chance to talk to both those guys, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Greg Olson, man, to know what it's like to be on the right side of the media, yeah. right? He, yeah. is, he is America's darling the way Tony Romo was in year one. He's become that in year three as the number one Fox crew on his way out. So we'll ask him about what it's like to be replaced by Tom Brady. Chad, you mentioned uh, a Clown. Yeah. There's some clowning going on right now in college football where UCLA, that, they haven't been pleased with Chip Kelly. For whatever reason, they didn't fund the exit for Chip Kelly. But Chip has been looking to leave, looking for an offensive coordinator position. Reportedly, he you know, put in a call even to Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, looking for an opportunity elsewhere to get out from the Bruins program. Well, he found a landing spot. Bill O'Brien is supposedly getting the Boston College job. Yep. That leaves a position open at Ohio State, and, well, there's some clowning going on by Chip Kelly by leaving the head coaching position in the Big Ten to be an offensive coordinator in the Big Ten for the top program right now just based on five stars, four stars, and coaching experience. They've got it. Hutton, I can't imagine a bigger flex in college football than what Ohio State has pulled off yeah. today. Ohio State has just hired an acting head coach in the Big Ten, in their own conference, to come and be an offensive coordinator for their program. That is stunning. That is stunning for Ohio State. Kudos to them. I mean, way well to flex on the entire conference. And this is the prime example 
of there being such a divide right now in college football between the haves and the have-nots that you would have a situation where Ohio State within the Big Ten can go and raid the head coach of a school that is headed to the Big Ten in UCLA. UCLA's got financial problems. That athletic department is a mess. That was a lifeline to get into the Big Ten. It saved them. Until they start collecting those checks, though, they are in financial ruin. Yeah, they're in the red. Is my understanding in that program. And Chip Kelly is confirming that because no one would talk. We talked a little bit last week, Cutting about it, and I said, how weird is it to be a UCLA football player right now knowing that your head coach is likely leaving and you're sort of in this uh, state of purgatory uh, as a program knowing that, that he wants to go and also knowing that UCLA administration – Probably they were encouraging him to look around and leave because they didn't want to pay the buyout. Sure. They didn't really want him around, but they also didn't they want to pay that. a buyout. So now Chip Kelly gets his way. I guess UCLA gets their way. But regardless, this looks like an enormous L for the UCLA Bruins athletic department and program that they would have this happen. Or it's a victory for them because they wanted him out and they didn't want to finance it, like, like you mentioned. But also, this is an example. Timing is everything, right? Right place, right time. Certainly, I can relate to this, right place, right time. This is perfect for Chip Kelly, but it's also perfect for Ohio State with Bill O'Brien now getting the head coaching job at Boston College. This position opened up, and you have an acting head coach known for offense who needed a spot. Yep. He's been calling the Oakland Raiders. He's been calling around. And this also confirms another thing. He wasn't looking to get out of college football. He wanted out of UCLA because it was uh, a topic we discussed is this a coach who wants to get out of the college game because of all the, the BS that coaches have to put up with now? You know, from recruiting, NIL. What? No, this isn't the case. He's actually going into a spot where he's going to be doing more of that. Recruiting your own players at Ohio State compared to UCLA, way different. It also feels, uh, the UCLA side of it, bad, even if they did kind of want Chip Kelly gone. And for this reason, I don't think they're going to go big with the next hire. They're going to go cheap with whoever they hire next. I don't think it's going to be a high-paid position relative to the rest of the Big Ten or college football. On the Ohio State side of this, this is a chips all into the middle of the table move to me. We know Ryan Day's situation. Yep. They must beat Michigan for him to retain his job. They must do it. The time is now. Michigan losing all those players, losing their head coach and Jim Harbaugh. Now is the time for Ryan Day. If he does not win that game, I don't think he's back as Ohio State coach. This feels like Michigan a year ago when all those guys were going back. They, 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 they did not go into the NFL draft. They came back to try to win it all at Michigan, and they accomplished it, even if it was a little help from Connor Stallions and his scouting department. They still won it. It feels like this Ohio State now, that this is a, a chips to the middle of the table. We're going to pay big money in the transfer portal. Quinshawn Judkins. Mm -hmm. You've got a, a quarterback that's making money coming in also. Um, it, it feels like this is going for broke for Ohio State. And speaking of going for broke, that's what UCLA is. And this shows you the true power players in college football. Not that anyone was doubting Ohio State as one of those from a financial perspective and what they can do with NIL and what they can do with that program, but this is the ultimate flex for them. Oh, and we're about to see the ultimate downfall because UCLA is now looking for a head coach, and they're ultimately probably – I would suspect they elevate from within now. Yeah. It's February 9th, and you're about to have spring practice. I don't know if they care because their, their first year in the Big Ten, their coach, their head coach has stepped down to stay in conference to be a play caller. 
That's huge. That speaks volumes for that program and the mess uh, behind the scenes. Um, we'll get Dan Mullen on soon, buddy yeah. from Chip Kelly, to, to find out what really happened behind the scenes here because we asked him about this. Why, what has Chip Kelly done at UCLA to be on the hot seat? Uh, because it, ha it came out, what, with two games left? right before they played yeah. USC, that if he lost the game, he's going to be fired. And I think they won like three straight when that report came out. Well, and then they end up beating USC in the last game of the season. And then what, either the board or the, the uh, president, someone decided, yeah, we're not going to spend the money that's going to cost to fire him. Instead, they have him step down. Yeah, I, I think there's a, you know, a little bit of there's a mutual decision on this one. Certainly Chip Kelly wanted out. I, I do think that it's an odd spot that, Reports are leaked that you're going to fire the coach and then yeah. the coach does well enough to stay, but yet you still don't want him there. I'm sure he wasn't getting a lot of assurances from UCLA about whatever it is he was asking for, whether that be assistant coaches, salary pool, facilities, you know, whatever. A commitment, mm -hmm. right, to UCLA football is what they need. UCLA is already in a tough spot because they are the number two football program in the city. Yes. And USC is their partner going into the Big Ten with them to begin with. It was always going to be a difficult job in football. I think it's made far more difficult now that everyone knows an acting head coach would leave that program and that school to go be the coordinator for another team. Now, not, a, not a coordinator in the NFL, right? You can spin that. Hey, you wanted to get away from all that. You can't spin this. This just looks awful for UCLA. It, 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 they can try to spin it however they want. It's not good. And uh, they should be thanking the Big Ten again for saving them financially by allowing them in their yes, conference. but they're going to be bottom feeders immediately. Yeah, they're, it's, it's now I mean, one of the three or four worst jobs in that conference. And you know what else? This saves Chip Kelly. He's been there six years. If he stays there, it's, he's lame duck at some point. He's, he's calling program coaches trying to, hey, need, do you need anything yeah. offensively? This saves him because now he's with Ryan Day and – one of two things. Ryan Day loses to Michigan. Peace. And who knows about the whole lineage with uh, Kelly and uh, what happens with all that. And the, the other thing, and they may just go with, uh, you know, some of the other possibilities that, you know, within the coaching staff. Point being. Or he, he gets a head coaching job, probably within the conference again, but with some stability within the athletic department. And I kind of respect Chip Kelly from this standpoint. Dude really wants to coach ball. Uh, I, yeah, I can respect right. that. Like he could have easily stepped away. You know, hey, we're going to uh, reach a reach an agreement. I'll step away even with contract time left, and I'll sit a year out and see if I really want to be a head coach again next year. No, he he wanted out of UCLA so much, and he still wants to coach football so much that he's just going to go coach ball and be a play caller and offensive coordinator at Ohio State. I, I kind of respect that. It, it surprises me a little bit. Uh, with Chip Kelly, that he, yeah. would, he would want to do that right now in his career. But here we are. Great day for Ohio State. A terrible day for UCLA and their prospects in the Big Ten. It's always a great day in the NFL. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, great day for everyone. They rake in ratings, cash, all of it. Um, they don't even pay their halftime performer. That's right. But yet they, they would be paid $50 million as soon as uh, you see the ads during the halftime show. Um, we are about to see the highest rated Super Bowl of all time. It rate it. it tends to uh, set the bar every year. They did that last year, barely. Um, we're going to see it for a couple of reasons. Um, maybe the second or third reason is the streaming. You add in all these ratings now. Uh, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, 
but the main reason is Taylor Swift. We saw ratings across the board for the NFL hit a target audience for them, for advertisers that wouldn't necessarily be advertising for the NFL with the target audience for Taylor Swift. 8% increase in ratings across the board for the NFL in the season. And now, Chad, here we are at the Super Bowl where they have been begging Taylor Swift to be the halftime performer for well over a decade. She didn't do it because she was partnered with Coke and it was the Pepsi halftime show. And then it was Apple Music and there was some dispute about you know, the, the label and uh, her cut of what was going to be uh, among the downloads. Now they have her at the entire week-long festivity. She's everywhere. You, you also have the entire season where the top networks are cutting away to see her. It's the Taylor Swift show. Uh, it's, it's a reality show of uh, Travis and Taylor. And it just so happens to be about a football game. 41-10 to 10 was the score. Kansas City boat raced Chicago. Fox went national with the game at 41 to 10. And over 33 million, 31 million, I believe, tuned into that game in the fourth quarter. Crazy. And now we see the bar set again. I, I'm split on this. Will we see immediately they beat this next year? I'm not so sure about that. But the NFL always tends to figure out the ways to do just that in the biggest event, TV, streaming, otherwise, of the year, every year. They're going to do it because it's the National Football League. They're going global with this. And they have the streaming services now also coming on board that will allow them to bring in more viewers. You can stream this through, you know, their Paramount, apparently. Every year you're going to see it. ESPN's got the Super Bowl coming up in 2027. They're saying that their partnership now that the, uh, with the other networks, it's not necessarily about taking the Super Bowl to a streaming-only platform. We're going to see other options, though. When it's 2027 and 2031, those are the two Super Bowls that ESPN has. First time we've seen it on cable. Chad, it's always going to set the new bar, but if we were just rating this in the traditional way, I don't think the NFL would set this viewership record anytime soon if we didn't have the platform that they have now. Yeah, I, I think, yes, it's huge. And it's Unless impactful. you play the halftime show. It's impactful, yeah. Everything has been a first this year. Like that Bears game you've mentioned, that was the Taylor Swift game. That will always go down as me remembering that. That's the first time Taylor Swift appeared at a game to support Travis Kelsey and America tuned yeah. in because you're yeah. on social media hearing about it. People tuned into a bad game yeah. to watch that because Taylor Swift. I think the next week or two weeks later, that was her first road game. She went to the Jets. It was the following Monday night. Following Monday night. Remember, she was at the Jets. She said, okay, that's a first Sunday two. or Monday. When does the appeal of that kind of wear off with the audience? Because you see her every game, right? Eventually it'll happen, but this is the first Taylor Swift Super Bowl. So there's still going to be yeah. an, an appeal to that also. Um, yeah, I, I, I think all of that is going to lead to some, some huge things. I'll say this. They don't spend money to the talent for the halftime show, right? They do it for free they, for them yeah, for the exposure. for free. But I don't know if you saw this, Hutton, but they spend some money on the promotion for that. Apple released a, like, 11-minute mini-movie uh, with different celebrities that was a hangover theme deal about <laughs> Where's Usher? 
And it was different actors looking for Usher. They lost him after a big night partying in Vegas. And they're playing Usher music throughout. And I was captivated by this thing. Just the production value with Apple behind it. The teaser for the halftime show. I'm watching this. I've not been excited about Usher at halftime. <laughs> I watch this damn thing and I'm thinking, if they put half the production into the halftime show they do to this movie yeah. that I just watched, it's going to be a hell of a show. So now I'm excited about Usher. I mean... That's, that's promotion at its best. It took me from not really caring about Usher at halftime to I can't wait to see Usher at halftime because of how well done and well produced that video was. You know who I don't care about is Brittany Mahomes. She's an yeah. SI swimsuit cover model, apparently. I don't care. Like, doesn't move the needle. And I'm their target audience. Don't care about Patrick Mahomes' wife. She's just, uh, uh, like, in the background or just sitting next to the person they really want on TV. They want on your screen the person sitting next to her. And SI has the swimsuit edition. By the way, they have the swimsuit uh, model uh, Sirius XM show over here. She wasn't over there. I'm assuming she's here somewhere promoting this on their specific platform. Um, but they had everyone over there that, I mean, let's just say this, that the 20 girls over there, the 20 women, should have been on the cover based on just... What that? This is the 60-year anniversary. Yeah. Do you care? I, no, no. And also, whatever happened to the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition being a star maker for models, right? It was a big deal in the modeling community to be in that it, issue, especially at an anniversary. And it was a big year. deal, right? I think back to Kathy Ireland is the name that pops to mind, right? She got famous because of Sports Illustrated swimsuit yeah. edition, and then she did Necessary Roughness and did some movies and things like that back in the early 90s. But Brittany Mahomes, Brittany Mahomes would only interest me if it was part of a collection of, like, NFL quarterback wives. Yeah, but and it was a section of it that's all wives of NFL quarterbacks. But and not really moving the needle for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean, to me, you want someone that the, the audience – like, oh, oh, let's go look at Patrick Mahomes' wife. No, I don't, I, again, don't care. It's no. weird. Um. I wonder, though, if Mahomes has something to do with a partnership well, the, moving Well, the forward. fact that he married her has everything no. to do with it. That's the only reason people care is because she's married well, to, to Patrick Mahomes. But it's a big part of it. You think they do like a, a, a photo shoot, like a joint photo shoot in there? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've, seen some, I've seen some photos. Banana boat? Uh, I don't know if it's the one for the edition or not. But, she, I mean, she looks great. But, yeah, not really caring. So while uh, posting one of the pictures on her, her shoot, Instagram story, Brittany shared the message with her 1.8 million followers. I'm here to tell you, people will dislike you. People will love you. Don't let any of that define you. She continued, keep shining yeah. and being you. Again, like, I don't, again, I don't need the She's a hero. The messaging. She's a hero. Why? Well, doing this. But not really. I'm joking. Just annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sarcasm. Just annoying. Chad, um, you could be the hero of Valentine's Day with Manscaped. Got to get ready. Valentine's yep. Day next week. That's right. Roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls. Your date will thank you. That's what they're telling you Poet. at Manscaped. 20% off you can get right now in free shipping. How? With the code HOTMIC, H-O-T-M-I-C, code HOTMIC. And you can talk about the real hero of Valentine's Day, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOTMIC at Manscaped.com. 20% off, Hutton. Free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use that code HOTMIC. To be able to land that. I'm going to use that code. Donovan McNabb joins man. us coming up right now. Adoree Jackson. And we said this, uh, Adoree, but we, we go back uh, uh, through the pro career with him. Uh, when he 
was first drafted, fans didn't know if it was Adore or Adore. And so we, if you had a, you know, a pass interference call, if you dropped a pick, which didn't happen often, we would, that's Adore Jackson. That was kind of an inside joke. You know, the fans yeah. would then call you by the, the wrong yeah. name. Yeah. Good to see you again, man. Good to see you, always. It's good always for you. You're, you know, you're still around in the league. Appreciate so we, yeah, no, people didn't have to call you Adore that nah, much. They man. call you your real name, right? Finally, they figure out my real name. <laughs> yeah. How you been? I've been good. Can't complain. I've been uh, trying to enjoy life. Are you going to be back with the Giants next year? I pray. We're going to see. You're playing in the league next year, though. Of course. Okay. Of course. I mean, you got so many different things going on. I don't know. Of course, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of ball left in my body. A lot. You love Radio um, Row. You I like do. it around here? Uh, yeah, I enjoy. I enjoy talking. Yeah. Enjoy giving insight. Enjoy just Can, having good banter and, and, and with, with friends. I would say we've always, we had a show, uh, and Adori would come on every now and then uh, and fill in for the player guest host. You were great, by the way. Um, I don't mind saying this. Don't go back to the Giants. They tried to trade you, and they didn't get the trade in in time. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it would piss me off, man. Yeah. What's, um, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. You're, you're going somewhere else. That's why I wanted to see your reaction if I said you're, you're staying with the Giants. I would just tell them, man, I'm not, I'm not staying. You tried to trade me. Uh, I'm going to go with the team that doesn't want to trade me. I'm sure they do right by me. He's got a great poker face. Me? How yeah, you, okay. I, 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 I don't know if, if they do right, you know. I, oh, oh, I feel like okay. this year I was, I was selfless. They made me – I switched my position to play nickel. I know. Um, did a lot of different things. Um, Who was the team they are going to trade you to? Uh, San Fran. Yeah, I was about to say. I heard, San was, Francisco. Couple, yeah. <laughs> Guess where they are. Man, you know? the Super Bowl. You have a ring to go with this uh, watch you got man, on. Man, yeah, man. Speaking of that, you see Logan Ryan's out there. Yeah. Dude, it's, I a, know. It's, it's a trip. He, uh, he has done the contract game so well. His, when, his, he, when he got out of New England, he signed a three-year deal. Then what did he sign with the Giants? Was it a one-year deal? Because he got hurt at the end. Uh, t- I think he came in late. Uh, I think oh. it was two, one or two years. I feel so like he could teach a class to young players so Logan, about how to time it up right, man. Each, each jump along the way. A Logan Ryan, uh, other, um, let's see, other than Darrell Revis, <laughs> Darrell Revis' contracts were brilliant too. What Logan's done, Adore's about to do it, you get signing bonuses up front on all of these deals instead of getting paid out the way the teams want to pay you. I mean, it is, Logan's now on his, what, fourth or fifth contract, and he – got to wait and choose to go right. with a, a, a team that was looking to win and loading up. And the New York Giants tried to trade a Dory Jackson, and they didn't turn it in by the deadline, by like two minutes. What, what year you is this going to be for you? you? Be, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> what year is this going to be for you, Adore? Uh Going on eight. Going on eight. I mean, that's, that's a lengthy career yeah, in the NFL, it, it's a right? Uh-huh. Especially at your position. Um, and expectancy is like two and a half, three years. What's... Um, Jalen Hyatt, we had him on, on Radio Row yeah. recently. I'm, I'm curious your, your thoughts on him because there was a lot of buzz around him in camp. Of course, the quarterback gets hurt. That's a yeah. part of it. He breaks out in the Patriots game. A lot of speed. Not a very big guy. Right? right. That was a knock on him coming out of, uh, out of Tennessee. What did you make of him this year? Um, Seeing him in practice I, I think a lot. he's a tremendous talent. Um, I also think that when you have players with a certain – that you like you said, he can run. Take yeah. the – I always compare him to as smooth runner as Usain Bolt. Not saying he's as fast as Usain Bolt, so y'all don't get me there. But to how he can run, he has a stride, and be able to just run effortlessly. Um, I think you got to use that talent to the best of his ability and put position, put other pieces around. So if you do want to take a shot, you still got other options for different things, not just putting all your eggs in one basket. So um, I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he can do a lot of great things. My favorite clip of him always will be when the Dallas Cowboy coach said, you, you 
you got a specific skill set. And he kept asking, like, what is that? And he said, you know what it is. And he was like, no, nah, but tell me what it is. And I think that chip on his shoulder allows him to be as dominant as he was um, this year as a rookie. Follow Adori on social, at Adori Knows. Yes, please. Um, how, at your, you're still extremely fast. Right. What's the, I, we discussed that you're fast time. You, where are you now at your age compared to where you were when you felt like you were at the, the track level? Funny thing that you said that. I'm a long jumper, and the prime and the great long jumpers really are great at the age of 28 to 32. So with that mindset, serious? trust me. That wasn't the only That's thing you crazy. did. That's crazy. But I'm saying I run. So in my aspect, every time I look at it, people say, oh, you're getting older. Just getting better. Uh, I feel like if you look at my trajectory of my career and what I've been doing and what I've done, um, just been getting better. Have you raced Jalen Hyatt yet or challenged uh, him to a race? We, we talk trash all the time. Me, I'd like Jaylen to see that Hyatt, race. Paris Campbell, uh, those, those three, we talk about racing this, all the time. This, this man used to uh, try to outrace a train to get home on That's time. That's right, yeah. Hey, so I'm here, so it worked. Hey, how <laughs> – the, He's still here. Uh, 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 a year is, ago. God is good. He, he outran right, yeah. out, hey, out the train. Hey, spoiler alert, he beat the train. He's here with us right yeah. now. He, he won the race. Yeah. Um, the disappointment of a year ago, Max. you have the, the breakout you know, with Brian Dayball, lots of injuries this year, um, lots of offensive line issues. Of course, Daniel Jones goes out. But kind of falling back after that breakthrough year, what, what was that like? How frustrating was that for this group? It sucked. Um, obviously, we knew adversity was going to hit. It hit last year when we went seven and two, eight and two. Then we didn't win a, a plethora of games, and then we went one finally to get in. And this year, knowing what adversity kind of was, and then seeing it in a, its full effect in the beginning of the season, and a lot of games that we won last year was one, one, one-sided or yeah. a one-point game, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it come down to the last minute. We won those opportunities and those situations. This year, we just did it. So when you look back at that, it was a lot of games this past year. Four games, maybe if one play would have went our way, we win the game and things is different. So it was disappointing. We, we didn't like it. But having that adversity showed you a lot about who people were, not just coaches, not just players, not just people upstairs, people in the training staff, in the weight room. You just learn a lot about people and how they operate and what they really are. You know, tough times show you about who people are. And I appreciate those tough times because it either is going to make you or break you. And obviously – it depends on what happens this following year to everybody that went through that adversity on the team to show what they're going to do. I, I'm not trying to be all negative. You know I have your back. Um, adversity, too, with the, the scores I saw against Dallas this year. It was a trip. Have you lost games by those <laughs> that many points in your life? Uh, when I was at USC? I mean, it's just football. Spanked, got spanked by Bama. Remember that guy? Oh, I do remember that game. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. I always see it on Twitter when they show us, which is crazy. I'm all the way in the back, so i never seen it in person. Yeah. Everybody crawling on the ground like dogs and somebody holding them back. So i never seen it in person, but I always see that clip, and I get so furious because, like, man, I wish I could have seen it. And uh, But it's that moment, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, People have never yeah. been there. A lot of people haven't been yeah. in Dallas Stadium playing, playing against Alabama, big moments. So you get out of yourself. I understand. But that was the first time I actually got spanked in football. If your fiance Veronica, yeah, uh, she styles Adori. If she were styling us, do you think we would look any better, or are we just screwed? <laughs> no, nah, you would look good. I-, I feel like the way that she styles is the comfort of the person. Um, obviously, you've never seen me wear anything crazy. I'm not wearing anything that I'm not comfortable. That doesn't make me feel good in my skin. Um, so I feel like whatever your comfortability is, whatever you feel like you love to do and, and what you love to wear, mm. she can find and make it happen for you to make you happy and smile. And I think your, 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 your spouse is, would love it. 
How That's a hell of a sales pitch right there. It's the that truth. was good. It's yeah. the truth. That's and a good market, good marketing rep right here for her for her work. Man, Veronica that's, Clark that's the best is the best I can do. Veronica, the line is Veronica Clark. Veronica Clark on Instagram, and if you go to Veronica Clark only, Veronica Clark is with E. Um, okay. So E at the end of the Clark, VeronicaClarkOnly.com. You can sign up, um, subscribe, get a membership, get some consulting, get you some nice gear. Um, he'll look sign good, a, he'll feel sign a jersey good, for you. and work good. Hey. You don't got to play good. You can work good and look good. Adoree knows on social as well. Good to see you man, as always, always man. Let's, always. Let's definitely go 10-plus years in the league. Yeah. Going into year eight. Logan always said it. I can play I, I can play 10-plus, So, and you see he doing it. Uh, I, um, I'm trying to follow the, the, the Logan mantra. There you go. Uh, signing bonuses galore. That's Former New York people. Giant right here, Adoree Jackson. <laughs> uh, maybe he stays in conference with the uh, Future Super Bowl champion, Adoree yeah. Jackson. Hey, I like, Could have been. I, I like you should get a ring. Like that trade for yeah, he handed it off to me. Yeah, in future Super future Bowl Super champion. Bowl I like yep. that better. Future yeah, Super Bowl the champion. Giants should send future you a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl future ring. Future All-Pro. Yeah, <laughs> if if I like the that. San Francisco wins. Got to speak it to existence. I, I, I have. Appreciate yep. it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for doing this, man. Maybe he plays for the Eagles next season. Don't know. You Eagle fan? No, we're about to have Donovan McNabb on. Like, right now. Oh, the OG. I did just That's what they call in the biz a segue. Gotcha. See, he was segue. Watch this screen right here. Here's Donovan. He is a co-host of yes. the Five Spot. In fact, this is just an extra segment for the Five Spot, hosted by Don Moody. This is the six and spot or the seven spot. <laughs> yeah. The Five Spot plus two. That's right. The seven spot is live from Radio Row in Vegas. Yes, we're this here. It's amazing. I'm happy to be here, guys. You know, the exciting part about it is we're like brothers. We are. We're brothers. Like the funny thing is, like the guys that walk through here, like I was on that side. When I was the player then, and you just walk past, and people are like, hey, can we get you? And it's like, yeah. oh, I got to go over here. Now I'm that guy. Hey, can I get you? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Give me a call. Like, you, But you get the lineup. You've you, got a great guest you, list. You also have an, uh, an out every time when you're on this side. if people Because people come out trying to get you on their show. You say, yeah. I'm recording. I'm, I'm doing my show. The five Sorry, spot I've got my show here, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you out, which is always nice. It's You know what? It's fun. Um, I always look forward to these opportunities for the familiar faces that you see in media or, or former players or active players. Uh, the fun part about it, again, is, is just like when you see guys, it's almost like you just left from them yesterday. Or, yeah. You know, it was like we haven't seen each other in two years, and it's like we're cracking jokes like, like we've seen each other and hung out just about 48 hours ago. Well, you, everyone knows the secrets of the locker room. You know what I mean? Well, of like, course. Yeah. Of yeah. course. You're not saying, but you're saying it. A- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we're meeting. It's like uh, uh, five, six. Okay, I got you. You and Armando are doing a great job with Thank the five you. spot in all seriousness. Good, good rapport between the two of you. you. You can tell. What's it been like this week getting a chance to do it in person, you know what? not and, over Zoom, together in Vegas? And we were, we were talking about that just kind of on the show and then off the show a little bit. It's just – it flows a little bit better. Yeah. And, and you know, we could be talking about a topic and then Armando would throw something about Miami, and I know it's coming. And yeah. I can just call it out before you mention Miami. And he goes, uh, but we just, we have good chemistry, and we've had good chemistry all year. And it's been fun. Uh, it's been enjoyable. We've kind of now elevated kind of our approach to things. And so it, it's, it's one in which I enjoy because now I can talk a little bit about basketball, and, and I know I'll throw side curveballs with him because he, he's like, ah, who's that again? <laughs> so I'm teaching them things. I'm teaching them things. So uh, everyone's talking about Mahomes and the legacy. Right. And Brock Purdy mm-hmm. and the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. That, explain how you would kill for another opportunity like this, mm-hmm. and he's right in front of him with Year the San two. Francisco 49ers. He has a chance to be a world champion. 
You know the tough part about it, I, everyone kind of talks about the Mr. Relevant deal um, and how w much of a story that would be. We've seen this before. But Brock was drafted. Kurt Warner was not. And Kurt won multiple and played with some great players. Uh, and we had him on our show, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. But, you know, the thing about Brock, and Brock's from Arizona, so I've seen Brock in high school. Okay. He was Gatorade Player of the Year. Brock was, Brock was a good quarterback and went to Iowa State and did some wonderful things. But the thing about this situation for Brock is the fact that, yes, it's his second season. Uh, no one expected him to kind of get to this particular point, especially after the injury. And we talked about it a little bit on our show. It's amazing because that's a pitching injury where you don't see pitchers coming back to get their game there just that fast. Um, and so the story will be more of in this game is can he protect the football? Will he take advantage of those opportunities like the downfield throws? Um, you know, and a lot of his downfield throws are not that great, but they're not that bad. But in this game, it's magnified, and you have to be able to hit those downfield throws. What the hell happened to the Eagles this year? This year? The bottom fell out. The bottom fell out, and it just wasn't in that seven-game stretch. The bottom, to me, fell out, I want to say maybe around week week seven, week eight. Um, and I'll go after that Jets game, and then I think they won that next one. I made a comment because uh, I do Philly radio every Monday, and I made a comment and said the things are changing that it all started in the Minnesota Vikings game with the spat on the sideline between A.J. Yep. Brown and Jalen. And they were, they're, they're good friends, but, you know, when you're in a work environment and you're trying to accomplish that goal, things happen. And he made a comment back at me on Twitter, you know, it was all of this, all that. But as you kept watching, they abandoned the run. Uh, Dallas Geider got hurt, which he's – really vital in that offense. Uh, they started featuring a little bit of different players, and it just didn't flow. Now, first half was awful. The first half performance by the offense was bad. The defense was worse. And they fought and won three games, including Buffalo, at the end, so it cleared things up when they were 10-1. and yep. It caught up to them after that. Well, and look, you've got no shortage of experience dealing with uh, receivers that <laughs> – <laughs> think, think highly of themselves, right? Can yeah. be difficult to get along with at Dramatic. times. I'm curious, you talked about A.J. Brown coming back at you on, on Twitter. How much social media has changed the dynamic of some locker rooms? Because, you know, when you're playing in an era Ooh. where it's not a thing and something can't go public, but then you get someone who's very quick to go after media members or say things about other players in the league or coaches or what. I feel like it has changed the dynamic of certain situations at times. You know the funny thing with social media, and it's, it's helped in regards of if you're trying to promote something like, you know, you're doing something in, in charity with, in, in, with your foundation, mm -hmm. uh, you're trying to spread awareness of whatever it is it may be. These guys use Twitter like it's almost text messaging to someone. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you're tagging somebody and you think that you're talking to him, but you're talking to the masses. So now... People sitting on their couch are like, oh, why would you say that? You know, and it's, oh, I couldn't believe he said that. You know, so it's, they don't utilize it the right way. Um, and so I don't get caught up in Twitter. I rarely even put anything on Twitter. I may repost something, you know, like our show. Mm -hmm. Outkick will put something. I may repost it or I may show, send something. But 
I don't get involved in that. But what it is doing, because this new media, you know, a lot of these players are starting their own podcast. Yep. And they're trying to say and tell their side of things. And it's like, again, you're reflecting on one particular person's comment and you're making a show of it. Like, just, just too it, much. Isn't it interesting? Like, so right now we can pick up the phone and FaceTime someone. Right. We're actually just using Telegraph. Um, Polaroids. Instagram is basically that. Yeah. You, we go back to whatever the old thing was, just in a repackaged version of it. And it also, like, I think it, it doesn't matter the era. Some people are just need drama. AJ, True. We, know, we know AJ from his time with the Titans. He has to have a little drama. He likes drama. He can't be happy. And and um, I like AJ. He's and an alpha. I like AJ. Um, I think he's he's shown a different side of what people expected. Um, and I highlighted that highlighted that issue only because. I felt like things changed. There was a shift. Nothing about AJ. It wasn't nothing about his play or how he's been approaching things and none of that. Uh, but I just felt like, as an analyst, I felt like that was when everything changed. Was he being criticized at the time from the fans? Because he Who, me? No, no, no. AJ. Oh, him? Because he the, loves love. No. Uh, he was not getting criticized. And they, the fans love AJ. Um, and then things kind of went a little haywire. Like, I think that maybe that Seattle game on yeah. or whatever. Um, and it was just – it went to the offensive coordinator. Then they start coming down on Jalen. Then they start coming down on Nick. Uh, it, it just got out of hand. What do you think happened between Josh Allen and Diggs? That carried over, man. That's obvious it did from the offseason, from minicamp. Aha! Something very similar. I, I've seen it before. Been a part of it. The thing that, that, that is funny to me, and it was way different than, than mine, but it was the after effect. The I love, I love him. Right. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Going over the top. Then why did you leave training camp, basically? Yeah. Because Sean McDermott said something to you. And then why were you on the sideline and you're super passionate, as we right. super yeah. passionate, yeah. Uh, and you're talking right to him. And it's like, I've seen this before. And both receivers just got paid, like, within, like, 12 to 18 months ago. It's, it goes it's, hand in hand sometimes. Right. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> you get now, paid, and then suddenly enough. there's a blow-up. Let, right oh, yeah. Let me also say the, quarterbacks, signing bonus the quarterbacks handled it in different manners. You mentioned, like, oh, he's my friend. Uh, Hertz got up to the podium and said, yeah, this locker room lacks commitment. That was what he said at the time post-game after a loss. And, I mean, that was kind of the storyline of why they finished the season the way they did. Well, it's funny if you say that because then they, people in Philly started questioning his leadership. And I'm like, <laughs> so, so uh, they asked me out of all people. I'm like, so you really <laughs> want me to answer that? Yeah, exactly. I'll answer that for you. I said, just not even 11, 12 months, we were talking about how great of a leader he was, an example setter, and, and being the grown man in the room, which I used that term when he was drafted. I said, if we're going to really break it down, he might be fourth or fifth on the list of what the problems are in, in on that football team. And the thing that, that really stands out to me when it comes to Jalen is they started talking about he, they want him to be a little bit more rah-rah. And, yeah. You know, I'm like, that's not who he is. You can't change a man's personality yeah. if, if that's not It'd who he fake. is. It'd be fake. He'd be exactly. being a fake if he did that. Exactly. But then, you know, as we all know, as you get older and you move on, blah, blah, you'll have people, well, he should have done this and he wouldn't do this. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, dude. Really? You didn't say that to him while he was there. Right. So now why are you talking about it later? So 
I, I, I've been through all phases of it, and I watch all the dynamics across the league of what's going on. And it's funny to me because, like, that whole Stiff Stephon Diggs situation to um, Tariq Hill and what's going on out there in Miami to now the C.D. Lamb in Dallas, yep. you know, to Micah Parsons. And, and it's funny to me of just all of that that's going on, and then all of a sudden they try to clear it up. No, we're good. We're if you were good, then you wouldn't have done that. Yep. Or your family members wouldn't have posted that. Uh, yep. Because that conversation was had somehow with you involved in mm-hmm. it. And you could have easily said, no, it's not like that. Because if you didn't say that, then that's the reason why we've seen the post or that's the reason why that conversation is going. Before we let you go, I'm the head coach <laughs> of my daughter's 8U travel softball team. Yes, let's ask, talk ask about the, it. Ask I, the record. I've been, I've been told I need to ask you because you're way more experienced in okay. this coaching travel softball uh, for tips. 8U? Uh, I, I'm coaching 8U, so I, yeah, I'm the pitcher, right? It's still coach pitch. Right. Starting at 9, they go to girl pitch right. at that point. Right. Uh, and you coach a high-level. 16U. High-level team, yes. right? Yes. How much fun is it for you? It's a lot of fun because – these girls hang on to every word. Yes. Um, and my whole thing is for them is preparation, passion, uh, enjoyment, gaining confidence, and, and to be strong. And, and I say that because girls and women kind of hold back a lot of things for confidence mm-hmm. because self-esteem is so, so vital for them. They have to be loved. They have to be appreciated. They have to be kind of coddled at times. Uh, and it's not a bad thing, but when it comes to when things start to go down, they put their head down, their energy, like, and that's when they really need it the most. So with softball, it gives them a chance, and I always talk about it to them, it gives you a chance to be out on the field with your girls to achieve that one common goal. You can be one for three, make a big hit, make great plays in defense, and you still think that you didn't play well. And I tell them all the time, you batted 300. People get $300 million for batting 300. I said, so if you bat 300 with your high school, you will be in the lineup every game. Yeah. And you which may get a scholarship. You, which you will receive a scholarship. Yep. And so that's the whole thing I try to teach them. And at that young age with you, it's, it's more the parents. Oh, yeah. It's the parents that bring the drama. It's not the kids. Never. And, never the kids. It's yeah. never the kids. It's, thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. Uh, coach, I was just wondering, what can she do to play more? And it's like, do you spend time with your kid out? Like throwing the ball, ground balls, maybe hitting off the tee? Have you considered yeah, this position? That, that, that's how you can do it, yeah. yeah. Because every parent thinks they can coach the team well, but don't t- want to coach. I tell every parent, right, my, my ratio is 100% about the team. Yes. Even though my daughter's on the team. Your ratio is 95% your girl and 5% about the team. So understand when it I'm making decisions – yeah, it might be 97, my daughter gets short shrift because I'm probably harder on her for the team, right? Well, the thing is, and, funny, and I'm hard on my daughter so that they understand I coach my daughter yes. like I coach them. Yeah. So I'm not showing favoritism by any means. Uh, and the thing that I, about my daughter is I hold her accountable because she's a switch hitter, she's fast, uh, she plays shortstop. But I tell she makes a mistake, I'm the first one to get up. Like, you owe me two plays. You owe me two plays. Somebody makes a mistake, it's okay. I need that. So when they get up to bat, I, you ready? They're like, yeah, okay, let's go. I need that right now. I love it. And, like, you give them confidence because when, like, we go dark. It's called going dark. So February 1st is when the high school kids have to go to the high school. No more club. No more club until May. 
And so that my January, I just continued to prepare them for that. So it was conditioning. Mm-hmm. It was lots of hitting, lots of fielding, doing drills. Uh, some, some people show up because we only play one tournament. And I'm like, so when you leave here, everything that you do in your evaluation and your tryouts, you should be at the elite level because we've worked on it. We've practiced it. So when a coach is doing a soft toss, I want every ball hitting the grass in the outfield. I don't want no ground balls. Yep. I want, this isn't the first day you hit a, a softball. You've been doing this for the last nine months, and you've played against elite talent. So when you get to high school, most of those pitchers are going to suck. <laughs> it, it's just honest. Yeah. Like in you every level, off. 6A, 5A, 4A, there's four, four or five good teams. Everybody else is struggling. Keep your level here. Yep. You're batting 320, you're batting 400, you're in every lineup. You probably end up playing varsity either by the middle of your freshman year or you're on JV. We've just stumbled upon an, another podcast idea. Donald, well, thank you so much hey, for coaching man. podcast. Here's what you do. Yeah. Let's just post this as an extra episode of the five spot yeah. and post it on a Wednesday instead five of Tuesday spot, or Friday. Six spot, the seven spot. Edition. It all comes back <laughs> yeah. to the five spot, though, yeah. every time. <laughs> and, thank and you, Donovan. Equal time coming up for Armando Salguero as well, uh, momentarily. Armando Salguero. Oh, that's right. He yeah. got mad at uh, more with Hot Mike. Got it with Rope. Straight ahead. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. One of the best football analysts is with us, Chad Withrow. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. And thank and you. Greg Appreciate Olson. it. Finally someone said it. <laughs> yes. Thank you, yes. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you guys. What's happening? Um, a big week. Yeah, a big week. Big week. A lot going on. You guys been slammed? or It's been fun, man. This is fun. Radio Row is always a – Did you uh, bring some fireball fun. for us? I did. You guys want <laughs> yeah, some? Yeah, I love the hat. We Absolutely. need that. Yeah. These hats yeah, are fire, aren't they? No pun intended. That'll, well that'll wake um, us up for sure. Yeah, we, we've been doing some cool stuff with fireball. We, we, we had a video that we posted a couple weeks ago that got a lot of attention. People thought it was funny. But, uh, you know, we've, you've, you have favorite teams. Who's your favorite team? Well, we're in Nashville, so I, I, would, the, I would claim the, the Titans. Titans. Yeah, yeah. So you you know you see a bad call, shit call, you get mad. Yep. We don't we don't get mad anymore. We we say we fireball the call. You f the call. You know they refs yeah. f you. So we uh, you get a bad call, you throw the flag and you take a shot. It's much better way to handle it. And if it's a bad game, the refs do a bad job. You're gonna be hammered. Yeah, and you'll have an enjoyable experience, yeah, even so with it, bad officiating. It flips the entire thing upside down. Love see it. what we do? Or bet against Mahomes. And then you're – that's <laughs> you're what I've done a recently. Lot, and you're going to you're gonna be drinking like a fifth. I, I can't bet against him in this game. I, I, I have the previous two. I don't bet. I, I've never placed a sports bet in my life. I don't even really understand it all. But I get, I get what you're saying. It's – because I, I think on paper the roster of San Francisco is better. Like if you went player by player, both sides of the ball down, I think they're better. I just – the Mahomes X factor and the ability to carry this group it's just so hard to quantify, and to bet against them, it seems like, to your point, it seems like every time you do, you lose. Are you surprised about how many people are surprised that you're really good at the booth? Am I surprised <laughs> people are surprised? I, I don't know why people would be surprised. I guess people are surprised because they've been programmed for a long time to think that only quarterbacks yes. can call games. I yes. think That's it. there's a positional component to all of this where, you know, you don't play one of the 
you know, quote unquote, it's a lot more glamorous now than it was when I came in the league, the tight end position. But I think people are just used to quarterbacks. Quarterbacks run the team. Quarterbacks know everything. They are the only ones who ever study film. Yeah, I think that's just the old kind of thoughts around the game. And, and I think people have come to realize, like, huh, okay, well, there are other guys who actually study the game and actually know what's going on out there. And uh, it's been something I've really enjoyed. It's been something I've enjoyed studying. I've, I've, I've studied different aspects of football now as a commentator than I did as a player and that's been fun it's been a cool challenge and you know hopefully you can continue to do it yep you know your rapport with Kevin Burkhart was great right and that's a a big part obviously with any broadcast team is that the most difficult thing now as you transition into a a different booth whatever that may be is getting that chemistry going with the play-by-play guy yeah listen I mean if, if the guy next to you wants you to do well and vice versa that, that relationship props you both up. It, it's no different than in any other kind of, you know, dynamic. And Kevin and I actually go way back. I mean, I, I knew Kevin since I was a sophomore, junior in high school. So Kevin worked when he was kind of coming up the ranks. He worked at a local AM radio station that did high school football game of the week type things. And he would come to our high school. My dad was our coach. He'd sit in his meeting room and do, like, production meetings, you know, yeah. whatever that would be at the high school level. So I've known Kevin since he was fresh out of college. I was in high school. And, uh you know, the fact, he did my audition with Fox back in 2015, kind of a behind-the-scenes audition for the executive. So it's just funny how much time we've spent together. We called XFL games together back before the <laughs> pandemic. So it's been, uh, it's been a cool ride with Kevin. And, you know, obviously I owe a lot of the success we've had and a lot of the positive responses because he's so damn good. So is it as weird for you as it seems to be when we discuss the whole Brady Olsen thing? Yeah, listen, it's been... It's Is it strange? Been, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, it, I understood what was going to happen. You know, from the, from the jump, we knew when, when they put us in that seat two seasons ago, leading into that Super Bowl year of 23, we, or 22, I guess, Super Bowl 23, yeah. we knew exactly what we were getting in for, right? We knew that Brady was going to come. It was just a matter of when was that start date. And it is a little weird knowing that regardless of how well you do, you might not sit in that chair... And you don't know how long you're going to sit in the chair. So I got two years out of it, which turned out to be better than one. Obviously, all indications are, are Tom's going to come and, and, and do this. So we'll figure out what that future looks like. But, you know, my goal going in was to do it as well as I could and to show both Fox and other networks that I was capable of handling the biggest stages, calling Super Bowls, calling, you know, we had 57 million people watching the NFC Championship in our last game. So I think we've showed people that we can do it and uh, how the rest of it shakes out. We'll see. I feel like you were better than Fox expected is part of the problem, right? Like, it's almost you exceeded expect, the expectations, and now it's a story. Because people say, man, Greg Olson's great. How do you put that guy aside? That, that's I really – a compliment to you, well, but I feel it. like they thought you were good when they gave you the gig, obviously. Yeah. But I think that you were better than even they expected. Yeah, listen, the, the reality is from the very beginning, I was, a cur- I was a current player, and Fox was the network that believed in me. They gave me – you know, back in 2017, I called a game on my bye week with Kevin Burkhart and Charles Davis, and then 2019 on my bye week when I was still playing for Carolina, I called the game with Kenny Albert. So, I mean, they, they gave me the most opportunities, especially early on when I was a player. So I have nothing but, you know, I'm grateful and nothing but gratitude for all of that. But my goal, I, I knew coming in, back to your earlier question yeah. about why people might be surprised. I knew coming in, the only way I was ever going to be able to ascend, the only way I was going to be able to do this for a long time was to be good. Right? My, my resume next to a lot of these other guys from our playing days, those doors open a little quicker for other guys. That's just, that's just the reality of it. Position, market that I played in, all of those things. But if you're good, 
you can stand out, especially calling games, and that was my goal. And that was my goal, and that's why I thought calling games was a lot a better path for me than sitting behind a studio. I don't know the details of this. I've read where you're, you're more or less like a player here that's about to go into free agency on Radio Row, where meaning like you, there's some kind of clause where you can go different places right now. Yeah, is, is that right? it would have to be certain jobs. I mean, I'm under contract with Fox for the next, you know, for the next couple of years. So it would have to be a unique situation, and, and we would have to talk about that and see what opportunities were out there and how to handle it. But I, the door's not completely shut. Um, I'm not a free agent in that regard where I can just go take any job in the world and say I'm moving on. So right now I'm a Fox employee. I'm thankful right. for them. I'm, you know, I'm going to work with Joe Davis on the number two crew. And we are too, by the way. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I'm, well, <laughs> yep. And uh, so, we, so I, obviously we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And uh, thankful for you know, these opportunities and, and where it goes from here, we'll see. Yeah. Do, do you feel the pressure of calling a Super Bowl? A year ago, when you're in that booth, does it feel different when you're getting ready for that game? <laughs> it it does. I mean, to anyone who says it doesn't is lying. It's no different than when I was a player. You know, you can say, "All right, it's just another game," but it's a little different running out of that tunnel on Super Bowl Sunday, and you know, hundred plus million people. And it, but just like as a player, when the ball was kicked off, when the game started, you just settle in, right? You just settle into your call. You settle into your prep. You trust the the work that you've done in the two weeks leading up to it, and just let the game unfold. And that was. There are so many commonalities between my playing days and now in the booth, and I've tried to apply the playing now to sitting up in the booth. Let's talk tight ends. Yeah. Kelsey and the rapport he has with Mahomes. What, what do they have that the other players can't get with their quarterbacks in the league? Yeah, he's, he's, he's not always running routes that are how you would draw it on a piece of paper. And, and what I mean by that is, so when a, when a defense preps all week, so for the last two weeks, this is the best way to explain it, for the last two weeks, San Francisco has a scout team, and they got a guy wearing an 87 jersey, and he's Travis Kelsey. And on every single formation they face, Fred Warner is saying, okay, there's 87, Dre Greenlaw. They're, they're all saying, okay, here's Kelsey, we got to find him. And when that coach holds up the scout card, it's a, you know, run 10 yards and yep. banging out, banging in. John Jennings around. is playing Kelsey yeah, or something. whatever, yeah. whatever it is. He's, those scout team guys or those rep guys are running it exactly. That exact route on Sunday when Kelsey runs it, you've dropped all week. You know the landmarks two yards inside the numbers at 12 yards or whatever. The, he doesn't, that, that doesn't apply to him. They, him and Mahomes understand the timing of the drop, the protection of how much time Mahomes has to hold it, and give or take where the final landmark on the field is. As long as he gets there, however he gets there, Get to that area. Mahomes can see it. He can let it rip from any platform at any moment. You, it's really hard to prepare for that because very few guys can do it. If most guys just ran routes that were kind of just improvised within a structure, the quarterback would be confused. The quarterback wouldn't be able to do it. They're one of the few duos in NFL history that just have the ability to play the game in a more freestyle manner that – if you can pull off, is very challenging for defenses to plan for. Because the other the receivers are actually running their route. And, yeah. And Kelsey knows yeah. where they're yeah. going to be and where he can – he's in the exactly. area. Yeah, and he knows what the other routes are going to do to the defensive coverages yeah. Yeah. as it's unfolding, and he knows where the dead spots in zone are. He knows when it's man. I got a guy taking the, taking the backside man defender out, so if I come out the backside of the route, there's going to be no one there. I don't have to stop. It's, every, you don't get to Kelsey's point tomorrow. That's a long time to earn hey. the trust to run those routes. Andy Reid's not letting Rasheed Rice run routes exactly. like that. Exactly, but he let, he let Kelsey at some point. That's the other thing. He let Kelsey yeah, do this. You earn that trust over yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, no one's talking about George Kittle. Love George Kittle. 
I mean, th th these are the best two tight ends in the league. They pro they've been the best two tight ends in the league, you could argue, for the last seven, eight years. And I think what's cool about George, he had a lot of production a couple years ago in their last Super Bowl run, over 1,000 yards. The last couple years, under 1,000, maybe didn't. And then finally, he had gotten so much credit for his physicality, his run blocking. And that's a huge way, you know, that's the only way you can play in that mm -hmm. San Francisco Styles if your tight end's willing to do all that dirty work and what. But now to do all the dirty work and do all the stuff he's been doing for years and get back to being the productive receiver going over 1,000 yards and getting his due with the All-Pro, the, these two guys are two of the best guys who've ever done it. Kelsey could go down at this pace as the best who's ever done it, and they are the perfect fit for what their offenses do. I think Chad said last night he's going to bet Kittle was MVP. Well, we're about to do fireball shots, too. I don't hate that. That's what we need to do. We yeah. uh, Kittle, any, I know uh, Greg doesn't know anything about gambling. Anytime touchdown would be my bet for Kittle. What are the In odds? In this game, I feel like I, it's probably good plus 250. I just made that up, yeah. I'm guessing. But it's, so it's you probably bet 100, there. you'd win 250? Correct. If you bet a dollar, you'd win 250. Yeah. $2.50. If you win, got it. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Understood. You had it right, too. You don't know anything about gambling. We're the math the NFL does. Tell. We walk by the uh, <laughs> walk no. by the slots as we came in, but no no NFL employees can walk right. by. That was crazy. Love it. Hey, dude, good to see yeah, you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks yeah, for having absolutely. me. Thanks, Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. See yeah. you guys.